0: Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness. Brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts,
1: Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan,
0: and Mark Cockwell.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to One Meal, One Workout. That new rocking intro you just heard is courtesy of Marty Casey and the Love Hammer. That's right, folks, Love Hammers. Uh, It's a song we talked about. At an episode or two ago, um, as one that kind of pumps me up when I'm out exercising and running around and things. And I emailed them; they were nice enough to give us permission—actual, real permission—to use that song in the intro/outro of One Meal and Workouts podcast. And so, thank you to Marty Casey, the Love Hammers, and all those associated with them. So, Mark, you want to give a shout? Oh, back up. Hold on. Let me back up. Back way up. Zip it. Zip Zip Getting humbered. Don R. Sullivan is with us today. How's it going, Don? Aaron, doing well. How about yourself? I'm just watching you just tear it up on Runkeeper. It's like every day, bam, ran, bam, ran, bam, ran. It's like a Tyson fight, but lasted longer. And Mark, how about you? How are you doing today?
0: I am doing very well, thank you.
1: Excellent. So, back to where we were before I backed up. <laughs> Mark, you want to give a shout-out to somebody? I did. Mr. Paul
0: R. Wood. Congratulations, brother. He He's down 100 pounds in 19 months. Um, that's amazing and to be lauded, and we are now officially lauding you.
1: That is fantastic. Well, uh, is this Paul of that school district that's in the Dallas area? Yes, it is. I remember him from the podcast, and I believe your No Lemonade Stand guy goes to his school, correct? That's right. Man, I'm just tearing it up with the, the tie-ins. So how did he do it, Mark? Uh, well,
0: I, I guess you'd have to ask him, but uh, I, I believe it's been a, a combination of eating right and exercising more. I believe in that. It really comes down to that. I know he he took up bicycling, uh, uh, about the same time I did, and uh, has been riding his bike and has been uh, careful to work. And he he every uh, time he loses ten pounds, he tweets that that's another lounge chair off the Titanic. So he is <sighs> now he's now thrown ten lounge chairs off the Titanic.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, I know you have his contact info, and I don't know, I don't know if he's a regular listener or not. I know he has told me before, you know, you know, back in the day, I believe he shot me a thanks for the show type thing. But if he'd like to be our first listener spotlight, that would be cool. So, Paul, if you're out there listening, um, you've got Mark's contact information. My email is double A R O N at one million com, and you know Mark, and we'd love to have you on the show and hear about it. That'd be cool. Be great. Don, anything exciting going on with you other than you tearing up the pavement?
2: uh yeah i'm running a lot enjoying it um eating lots of good weight watchers food still we're actually gonna go over one of my favorite weight watchers meals we've had so far here later in the show got that recipe in the show notes gonna be on the site and such it's great well
0: i had to have a conversation with my wife recently and say stop packing me such good lunches
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well um Thanks for the awesome segue there, Don, because you've been eating great Weight Watchers meals as opposed to, say, the typical Paula Dean meal. I think everybody in the world's probably heard now about her coming out and saying that she's been diabetic, I think, for the last, what, three years? Three years, yeah. Yeah, and, uh. Too so many sticks of
2: butter. Yeah, I, as, got, I gotta you,
0: ask who didn't see that coming? Yeah,
1: honestly. nobody. But here's the interesting thing, um, and you may have may not, by the time this comes out, seen this if you follow my blog as well. Yesterday morning, I got an urgent email. From our media department uh, where I work and they said urgent email you know it was urgent please give me a call when you get a second so I called him quickly because it was urgent and he said man that was quick and I said well you said it was urgent (laughs) so anyway apparently Fox News um, had contacted them because I work for a healthcare provider I work for Piedmont there's no secret in that uh, which is a large healthcare organization in the Atlanta area and Fox News had contacted them about somebody to interview that had control their diabetes with weight loss and so he remembered my story in the Atlanta Journal Constitution and my write-up in the Piedmont article uh Piedmont profile that kind of the the corporate newsletter type thing and so he wanted me to do that and I said great when is it and they said he said right now (laughs) he said like 1045 this is 1030 unfortunately I was leaving for 1045 to be part of a flash mob believe it or not um and uh (laughs) <laughs> I, and I was I was providing part of the music for the flash mob, so I couldn't bail on it. I was playing the guitar, um, so I couldn't. I could. I gave him my number and said, you know, if they can do it at one, give me a call. And they never called me, so either that the segment got killed or they found somebody else to uh, to interview. But anyway, you know, my my story's out there. Apparently, I mean, people know about it. It's kind of it's. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm by any means a celebrity. I don't. I don't have to fight the paparazzi to get to my car in the morning to go to work, but. Uh, you know, my name pops up at least in a few people's minds whenever it, it comes time to find somebody that's uh, made a difference in their their health through, you know, that. You might
0: not be on. Ringo Starr, but you're on your way to being Jared Fogle.
1: Exactly. At least Jared Fogle. You know, he's run a marathon, though. I haven't quite done that yet. But anyway, that was pretty exciting. Uh, I just want to throw out there, too, I, I, I talk about having a plan. You may have also seen a post recently from me about that I've got my plan for my, my goals for 2012. And I, and then I came back and said, here's my plan. I kind of got this, this, that. And I've already changed one of them. You know, I'm a proponent of if it doesn't work, change it. And I'm also a proponent of if it's if you really want to do something, make it as easy and accessible as possible. So I set up my whole workout thing. I was going to run in the evenings and, and do push-ups and chin-ups and weights in the morning. And the first day I had to get up and do the push-ups and chin-ups, I was like, I am tired. I don't want to do this. So I took that <laughs> and I moved it to the evening and did it. <laughs> And it's working perfectly. So uh, I mean, don't be afraid to adjust your plan if your plan stinks. And so uh, I did. Just telling you that, guys out there. So get your goals, get your plan, and then if you have to adjust it, adjust it. Mark, have you bought any new pants lately? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I know we're only you know three weeks into the year, so I, Don, I did punch I, a new hole in my belt though. There you go. That's just as good. You know, you know about my belt. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my belt up on the wall one day um, as a, me- a memento when I'm no longer wear it. Don, what Frame- was your, what was your What was your goal again? Run every day. Run
2: once, at least once a week. Okay. And you're right blowing water. Oh yeah, I was gonna. I was just about to mention that right now it's easy because it's just after New Year's and you really want to get into it. We're doing all the Weight Watchers stuff, but nine months from now, whenever nobody's interested in doing Weight Watchers meals anymore, and you know, there's a ton of stuff going on, and my work schedule may have changed, or there's never any telling, you know. And it's hard. I still want to. I still want to push myself to. Still be doing something. It's yeah. it's to avoid having that seven month gap that I had before. I've got to keep keep going with something. Well,
1: don't have any more babies. That'll help.
2: I, don't not, recommend man, that. I recommend having that's a That's definitely more. not the
1: plan. <laughs> you got to learn to work the babies and the workouts in, huh? That's the trick. There part. you go. Perfect. So in the news this week, I thought this was a really interesting article. We mentioned before on the show about some uh, a couple this year. It seemed like several marathoners just dropped dead. In the midst of a marathon, several people died of cardiac arrest during a marathon. And I, somebody had, had said to me, or I had heard him passing on the news, or somebody had said one in 50,000. I think it was on the radio, actually. The, the odds of somebody dying in a marathon are like one in 50,000. They're like, it's like one in 50,000. So I, I, that number was stuck in my head. But, um, today, health, um, you know, today, MSNBC, they did an actual study and they found that, Cardiac arrest amongst marathoners, surprisingly, is actually quite low. What do you know? <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> some of, yes. Some of the healthiest people out there. Uh, it's actually more like 1 in 185,000 people that run a marathon have a heart attack. Uh, so it's like .005412% chance that you're going to die running a marathon. You're much, much more likely to – I was looking at some statistics. You're you're like 20 times more likely to get killed by a refrigerator door. I'm, I don't know, but, it, I mean, it's uh, – don't don't let that f- dissuade you from starting to run as a as a way to get exercise. And let's uh, face
0: it, if you die of a heart attack while running a uh, a marathon, you're really dying of irony more than anything. Yeah. else.
1: <laughs> yeah, only slightly less painful than curiosity. But uh, it's it's <laughs> they have seen though. This is kind of an interesting um, trend that I I was reading about that marathons used to be for the real elite. But as running has become more popular, people with less and less and less fit people are attempting them. And they've seen the average times in like the Boston Marathon and New York Marathon actually creep up. So while the overall times, like the top 10 times are getting lower, the overall average time is creeping up because more people are participating that are not quite as good as health. And that's they've actually had the number increase a little bit of the number of people that die each year running marathons. Because more people are running marathons, and some less healthy people are running marathons.
0: That's a very good point.
1: Yeah. So, but all in all, you're ch- one in 185,000. I think you're pretty safe. So get out there and run that marathon if you're interested in doing that. So without further ado, we have with us today, Mr. Travis Saunders. Now Travis is a PhD candidate. Is that correct, Travis? Do I have that right?
3: Yes, that is exactly what I am.
1: So you are working on your your doctoral, your PhD, and tell us about a little bit about yourself and what your area of study is.
3: Uh, So I'm a a PhD candidate, like you said, which means that I'm basically uh, all but dissertation. So I'm nearing the end of my PhD. And uh, I'm also a certified exercise physiologist, which is sort of a fancy term for a personal trainer. And uh, my my PhD research focuses on the health impact of sedentary behavior, which is essentially sitting. So what I'm researching is uh, the impact of sitting, even if you're an active person, even if you have a healthy diet. Because it seems like even if you you know are exercising lots, if you sit too much, your risk of death, diabetes, heart disease, obesity is all increased by the sitting. So that's what I'm I'm researching with a focus on uh, on children and youth.
1: Wow. Now we actually uh, it's kind of interesting because next week we have uh, Laura Fields with us. She's a registered dietitian that works for the University of Chicago doing um, childhood obesity education and celiac disease education. Okay. so this kind of be this will be neat because it'll kind of tie the two episodes together so oh, this uh, a it's a great um it's a great thing I think to constantly bring back to people's attention is just the the uh, the whole sedentary issue and and i I want to get into that in a second to let you kind of define those two terms so I, I've been doing some reading about that myself a, after I discovered your blog and that's how just to kind of clear everybody in I discovered Travis through a blog um and we'll put the link. In the show notes, it's uh, "Obesity Panacea" is the is the title of the blog, and and you and another gentleman kind of co-blog that, don't
3: you? Yes, it's uh, my my former lab mate and good friend Peter Januszewski, who now uh, has his PhD, and we did our masters together. So we started it when we were doing our masters, and we sort of continued to do it together since then.
1: Cool. And so that on that blog, you talk about you talk about all kinds of things regarding obesity, and said, I mean, just it's it's pretty broad, um, a lot of great information. So I encourage people if you're if you're struggling with obesity, or know people that are struggling with obesity, and you're just interested in, in that subject, or want to know more, that's a that his blog has a lot of great information on it. So I've, I've read through quite a few of the articles on there. So I just want to go ahead and make sure I plug that now before I forget before we get too in into the conversation and get sidetracked. So great, thank you. Let's. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for being on the show. So let's <laughs> let's jump in, and you've already kind of touched on it uh, about what did it, what does it really take to qualify somebody to be sedentary you know i didn't really realize until i started reading some of your research i mean some of your blog posts and 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 uh doing a little research about this subject in preparation to talk with you that that you could in fact be sedentary and active and that's my that's the def, that is that's me i have a computer job and i sit probably 5 to 7 hours a day but i run three times a week yeah so, and
3: that's and that's the way most people are. I mean that's I was a, a varsity cross country runner and, and track and field athlete in, in university, and I was absolutely the same way. I would exercise for an hour or ninety minutes a day and I'd spend the rest of the day sitting down. So so it's it's very possible to be sedentary and active, which which is kind of counterintuitive, but uh, once you get your head around it, I think it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. So you know, in in the past, I guess, and Mark and Don, y'all tell me if you if you felt the same way. I kind of had sedentary and active on a sliding scale, one being one end and one being the other. I didn't didn't think about them existing in the same person.
3: Well, and and so that's sort of the traditional way that the term sedentary was used. So if you look at a lot of a lot of uh, studies, they'll say they had a sedentary control group, or they looked at an exercise intervention intervention in sedentary people, and all that that meant was that they weren't active. So. Ten years ago, if I said you were sedentary, it just meant you weren't getting enough physical activity. And and now we start to see that sedentary behaviors, so things like sitting, watching TV, using the computer, that they have a health impact regardless of how much exercise you get. So now we've sort of seen it, the definition evolve a bit. So now physical activity refers to things that are a high energy expenditure, whereas sedentary behavior are things with very low energy expenditure. So basically sitting or lying down is what we now refer to as sedentary behavior. So that's how you could be—you could be active. You can get your one-hour day of physical activity, but still be sedentary by being sedentary. You know, the other 15 hours a day that you're awake.
0: Uh, Travis, right. I have a question about that. Um, uh, Don here on the show is uh, uh, our resident advocate of the standing desk. He—he ah, uh, he, he does not sit while he works. He stands. Is standing a sedentary activity? I mean, you're standing still. You're not. It's not raising your heart rate.
3: So that's an excellent question. I'm actually using my standing desk right now. Um, so so two of question. the four people and on this no, podcast we, have a standing we, desk. It's great. <laughs> I love standing desk. And uh, so we would say usually that, that standing is not sedentary. And so it's basically what's happening when you're when you're sitting down, your muscles are basically completely inactive. And when your muscles are not activated – we see some metabolic changes in them so they stop taking fat out of your blood they stop taking sugar out of your blood so some of that fat in your blood can then go to places like your heart and your liver which is is bad you'd much rather have it in your muscle uh if your muscles aren't sucking up sugar out of your blood then your body starts pumping out all this extra insulin which can have side effects whereas if you're standing even though it doesn't seem like you're doing much you're not getting your heart rate up you're not burning a lot of calories you're still engaging a lot more muscles. Otherwise, obviously, you'd fall on the ground. So, <laughs> right, okay. so we're not 100% certain that standing is is enough to reduce health risk, but but it seems like based on studies in and animals and, and and what we know now, it seems like it's likely to to make a big difference compared to just sitting on the
0: ground. What about using one of those posture balls where you're sort of sitting and active?
3: That's a good question. And unfortunately, this is, again, there's – there aren't really any studies on this yet. They're all sort of starting out now, but it seems like if you're sitting on one of those exercise balls, you can still sit in a way that doesn't really use uh, many muscles. Like, you know, you might for the first day or two kind of bump around on it and get a lot of movement. And after that, people tend to just sit and, and I'm not sure that they're really using a lot more muscles than they would in a chair. So it's, it's probably worth trying, but I I would think personally that probably a standing desk is a better option. Or uh, you can also use something like what I use. I have a little pedal machine that I bought for thirty bucks on Amazon. It sits under my desk at work, and I just pedal on it all day. And so that way, I'm engaging the muscles in my legs, my my butt, my lower back. So again, not one hundred percent certain it's making a difference, but it's certainly engaging a lot of muscles. So it it probably should make a difference versus just sitting and doing
0: nothing. All right. One more question, and I promise I'll let this go and stop chasing rabbits. But has there been any studies or or, um, anything about different culture groups, uh, people who don't sit but squat, things like
3: that? That's a good question. Not that I know of. So you mean like like how in Japan they don't use toilet seats, that sort of thing? Well, like like
0: uh, like Vietnamese culture, for example, they don't really use chairs. They just kind of squat on on things, Uh, and you know, just there are cultures around the world that don't sit in chairs like we do. And I just wondered if anybody had looked at those people groups. That's
3: a fascinating question. That no, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to look into that. That's that's fascinating. There's none that I know of. But I do know, actually, the the study that sort of set off this whole area was back in the 1950s. um, A guy named Jerry Morris looked at at heart attacks in bus drivers and conductors in the UK. And so they, they had, you know, similar level of education. Their job was similar. They were paid about the same amount. The only difference is that drivers spent the whole day sitting driving the bus and conductors spent the whole day walking up and down the aisle taking tickets. And there was a markedly lower risk of heart attack, obesity, all sorts of things in these conductors versus the driver's. And so that was, you know, 60 years ago. But but the only real difference between those groups was was sitting among the drivers. So I would guess the cultures that sit less would probably be healthier, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know if there's any research on that. That's interesting.
0: Okay, Eric. Sorry, I'll stop now.
3: No, that was good. Those were all good questions. So,
1: <clears throat> before we talk too much about what it is to be sedentary and, and active and all that, and you meant you just briefly mentioned earlier, why should I really care? What what are the concrete impacts of a sedentary life? I mean, what what are my risks from being sedentary?
3: So, so essentially, uh, regardless of, of how healthy your diet, regardless of your weight, regardless of whether or not you exercise, people who sit more, uh, they die sooner. They have a higher risk of cardiovascular disease. They have a higher risk of certain cancers. Um, there's some evidence, especially in kids, that kids who watch more TV gain weight faster than kids who watch less TV, even if they started with the same body weight. Um, kids also have worse academic achievement the more uh, sedentary time they do they uh, it just basically if you can name a negative health outcome it's associated <laughs> with sitting and, wow. and again that's independent of, of all these other healthy behaviors right but
1: well, the uh, I remember when I was in anatomy and physiology in college um, studying circulatory system and they were talking about how especially in the legs that muscular activity augmented the circular the the circulation in your lower legs, lymphatic as well as blood, and that um, not using your legs, you know, being sedentary actually can cause all kinds of circulation issues and and not move things around like they should, and blood clots and all kinds of things. And so mm-hmm. I've thought about that for a long time about just how you know, especially before I started running um, and or being active at all, that I was just sitting around and I you know I had bad edema, yeah, uh, in my lower legs. I mean, bad bad pitting edema. You could. You could put a divot, you could put a pit and golf ball on and tee off of, you know, <laughs> uh, in my shins. Um, and and that was. I'm sure that was from the poor circulation due to my lack of activity um, or my sedentariness. Is sedentariness a word? My yeah, sedentar- yeah, people use that sometimes. My
0: sedentariness. Ask- <laughs> Sedentation? <laughs> Sedentation, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I like that. That's a good one. Well, and actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that because there was an article that came out earlier this year, and uh, it was highlighted in New Scientist. It was someone who uh, suffered a pulmonary embolism, and they thought that it may have been due to the fact that he had spent 12 hours previous to getting the embolism. I think he was playing video games or he worked at a computer or something. He spent very long periods of time sitting, and they they dubbed it e-thrombosis. And, and oh, so wow! The, you know, <laughs> nice. sort of a risk factor that they know for, for long haul flights, you know, elderly people right. flying to Australia can be a concern. And now they're they're starting to say that this might actually happen more than we think that people might have, you know, embolisms and strokes and things caused by blood clots in their legs from just sitting too much.
2: That does not sound attractive. Now, if they had called it eye thrombosis, they probably <laughs> would have been able to sell them just <laughs> as fast as hotcakes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I've actually, over the last few months, uh, I've actually been thinking about, that's as far as I've gotten with it, how I could finagle a um, standing desk at my office. Oh, work yeah, at, great. I work in a corporate setting where I would be the only one in the entire you know, 7,000 employees that has one probably, but maybe I'd start a trend. And I actually yeah. have a laptop now, which is what got me thinking about it. So I, I would have the option. I could have my desk where I drop my laptop on the docking station, sit down with my keyboard and monitor. Or I could, if I just had a little stand on my table next to me i could just drop my laptop on that and stand up so because exactly. I, I don't i don't want to be a victim of e thrombosis or i thrombosis any thrombosis. i don't want it yeah any thrombosis o thrombosis yeah so uh from yep. so we, we know it's bad we know that sedentary is bad and we know that for a lot of people the way they earn their li- living a certain amount of sed- seditation is going to be <laughs> Sedentation, being sedentary, it's going to be a part of their life. I mean, for myself, for Mark, um, we both have desk jobs. Don, Don has a desk job, but he's kind of taking some 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 action to help with that.
2: So, uh, fortunately for me, I have the liberty of working from home, so I'm not the weirdo in the office like Aaron said. And I think that's I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. I think that's important to point out.
1: Yeah. So, what other things? I mean, is is you know they tell you uh, look away from your computer monitor every thirty minutes for your eyes. What what kind of things can we do to help? Um, fight that sedentary, the effects of being sedentary? I mean, is it, is it as simple as standing up and taking a five-minute walk every, every hour? Is it, or is there any kind of studies that kind of give us some quantifiable uh, things we can do yet?
3: Well, this is sort of the, the $64,000 question. This is where it gets tricky because we know enough now to know that sitting too much is bad. And now people are starting to do studies to see if different interventions help to reduce that risk. But we don't have anything 100% certain yet. But it seems like uh, there have been a few studies that suggest that even if you and I sit for the same amount of time, so the average person in North America sits about eight hours a day, a little more. So, so if you and I both sit eight hours a day, if I'm taking more frequent breaks, then I'm likely to be quite a bit healthier than you are just, just from those breaks. And right. so not entirely certain if just taking more breaks then is going to, to make you healthier. But it's it's certainly associated cross-sectionally with being healthier. So so like you said, taking breaks, you know, if you can every twenty or thirty minutes take a, a short one or two minute walk break, it's it's certainly not going to make you less healthy and it's quite <laughs> likely to do be beneficial.
1: Right. So what what specifically I know I know your your dissertation is is involving I guess what I'm saying is, tell us a little bit about specifically, just take a minute and tell us a little bit about specifically what you're doing on your dissertation because there's lots of things that sound like that could be studied out there. What particular thing are you looking at?
3: Uh, so, so my stuff, so like I said, I'm, I'm looking at kids and I'm actually looking at the acute impact of sitting. So, so we know that if you do you know, a 45 minute session of aerobic exercise, there are measurable health benefits for about two days. You know, your your good cholesterol is going to go up. The level of fat in your blood is going to go down. Your insulin sensitivity is going to go up. So lots of good things happen after a single bout of exercise. And what we want to see is whether or not bad things happen after just a single bout of sitting. And oh. so there's some evidence from, from animals to suggest that suggest that it does. And there's some, some evidence coming out in adults soon sort of suggesting that sitting has a, a rapid impact on health. So we actually are having uh, 10 to 14-year-old kids come in and they spend a full seven hours in the lab just sitting. And we take blood every 90 minutes. We, we feed them. We give them a buffet at the end. So it's a pretty good deal for them. They love it because they just play video <laughs> games for seven hours. And we want to see if that seven hours of sitting has a measurable impact on on markers of health, so the, the amount of sugar and insulin in their blood, the amount of fat in their blood. Um, so that's what we're looking at. And then uh, we want to see if you know introducing a boat of exercise in that day. So have them sit for seven hours, but do a bit of exercise in the morning, and afternoon, see if that sort of prevents the negative impact of sitting. So, uh, wow. so that's what my thesis is, is focusing on specifically.
1: Well, when you get that study done, can you please make sure to remin- remind, remember me and your, your, uh, email blast out that it's done. Cause I'd love yeah. to read that. That sounds very interesting.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've got to, so we've got seven kids done now and we're hoping to get to 20. So, uh, so hopefully by this summer we should have some results. So yeah, I'm uh, I'll, I'll be sure to to spread the word wide and far. So uh, I'll make sure you get get word of that.
1: If you're if you're not being hounded by the uh, the, the you know the big three media at that by that time, <laughs> we'd love to have you back on the show and talk about it and and discuss it further. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah I, sure. Now you said the average person in North America. You're in way North America, aren't you? Compared to us. Yeah, I'm, you're, up, I'm I think up you're, Canada,
3: so Canada. Yeah. I
1: think you're our first actual non United States citizen uh, guest on this show. That's very exciting for us. We've gone international.
3: Hey, fantastic. <laughs> That's right. It's official. Yeah.
2: Because
1: yeah, we're, we're way down. We're about as far away from you as you can get. Mark's in Texas, and Don and I are in Georgia. So.
3: Oh, wow. We, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that. Well, uh, to, yeah, no, This morning it actually took uh, about a half hour for my wife and I to uh, chip the ice off of our car and then push her out of, uh, out of the parking spot. So yeah, we're we're well up north here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have a, a a counterpart on the application that I support who's who uh, their office is in Madison, Wisconsin, and I was on the phone with him this morning. It was negative three there. He said it's supposed to be oh. negative twenty tonight, not counting the wind chill. So yeah, it was about forty five this afternoon without a cloud in the sky in, in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm not complaining.
3: <laughs> So, that's
1: nice. Yeah. So, you know, Don, I think, put a,
2: a question in the notes here.
1: Don, was that, did you put that last question in? About the
2: no, I did not. I, I put Mark. one in and then I took it out because we already discussed it.
1: Okay. Mark, is that your question then?
2: Or I did I put that in
1: there? That, that would be you. Okay. I, I thought I saw you typing that. But I said, that seems just like the question that I had. <laughs> so, and this kind of ties into what your what your thesis, is, your dissertation is about. Um so, if I've been sedentary for, say, 30 years, um, and I decide, or let's say, let's be realistic. I've been sedentary for 10 years. I've had a, I've had a computer IT job for 10 years, and that's had a marked effect on my, my physiology, like you were just talking about. If I now go get my, continue to be active and run in the evenings, and I get my standing desk, or be real proactive with my breaks and things like that, will those, are there any studies, or do you know, will those effects be reversed? Or am I just kind of holding my own now by
3: starting to be active in the evenings? That's a that's a good question. I mean, I, I would think it would be the same as as adopting an exercise program. That that I'm not sure if you could look at it as reversing the damage, but you're certainly uh, certainly reducing your long term risk. And and so again, I I know I'm sort of doing the PhD student thing of. Constantly giving the caveats of what I'm saying, but it seems pretty <laughs> likely that if if you sit less from here on out, you're going to be a lot better off than if you continue to sit. You know, eight to ten hours a day for the rest of your life. Um, you you will probably be a lot healthier for the for the duration of your life than you would have been otherwise.
1: Well, so are there any? I mean, do you have any? What kind of what kind of? Um, I guess what? Are, what kind of say? What are, what are the? If you were to meet somebody on the street corner. That was sitting, you know, panhandling. <laughs> I'm making this, this is a horrible <laughs> analogy. This is probably the worst analogy ever You went I've
0: ever with done. panhandling. Yeah, wow. let see where this is going go. <laughs> like, to go.
1: Maybe, maybe they're a shell man. They're doing the, the shell game on the street corner somewhere. So their job all day is to sit there and put a little ball underneath any three shells and move them around and try to, to take people's money. Uh, and uh, they were to say, you know, I'm not feeling good, uh, blah, 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 blah. And you got into an entire discussion with him about the sedentary lifestyle and how bad it is for you and all that kind of stuff. What would be, you know, what's the five minute uh, PSA that you would do if you had a thirty second spot to do on CBS where you wanted to try to encourage people? Uh, how, you know, sum it all up. How would you pull that down into something that a nugget you could give to somebody? So if I maybe put it this way, if I run into somebody tomorrow at work and they say, "Aaron, what was your podcast about last night?" Uh, you know, I don't say I had a Canadian guy, and that's all I've got. You know, what can I, what can I say to somebody in a few sentences that kind of express what you're really looking at?
3: Uh. So, in terms of the the research, or in terms of what we can do to to reduce sedentary time, kind of both, right. you know. Okay. What's the effects? So, what's the impact, and what can we do? So I think so so like I was saying before, I think the the biggest thing is that we now know that even if you're exercising regularly, even if you're eating a healthy diet, even if you're not smoking, you have a healthy body weight, the more you sit, the the greater your risk of death and disease, um, and not just disease, but also well. Sorry, it is just disease. So, you know, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, all the big ones that we want to avoid, mm-hmm. people get those sooner if they sit more. Um, and then the, the important thing, I guess, is that reducing the amount of time you sit is a lot easier than actually becoming more physically active. So you can imagine when, when you're interested in starting up an exercise program, you know, that takes some expertise all the time. You, know, you need to find a, a personal trainer, someone who can help develop you a program. You need some equipment of some kind, at least, you know, some shoes and some, some shorts. There, You might need some money. So it, it can add up quite quickly the, the barriers to preventing someone from being physically active. Whereas to sit less, all you really need to do is look at your day and see what things require you to sit and what things don't require you to sit. So, you know, the, the shell game example, you can do most jobs, like, you know, running a shell <laughs> game on the street, being a, a researcher at a desk job. Most of these things you can do equally well standing as well sitting. So, so I mean, the- my standing desk costs 25 bucks. It's just an IKEA desk on a, uh, on a stack of textbooks. My pedal machine for my other office costs 30 bucks. Um, you know, things like just watching less TV, you know, watching specific shows. And then turning the T V off afterwards, not just flipping endlessly from channel to channel. Um, especially, you know, in the summer or well, I mean where you live, it's nice year round, you know, cutting the cable, um, trying to get kids away from the T V. So just those those basic things that really don't cost anything, and if anything, they save you money, um, are really effective at just reducing the amount of time you spend sitting quickly.
1: So what you're saying is if I'm gonna run a shell game, I should get a tall table. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's my takeaway. No, that that was really good. I mean, just just the idea of okay, sitting too much is bad for you. That's 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 definable. That's a definitive thing that we know. Evaluate yes. your life and see where you can
3: not sit as much. I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty and, simple. And if you that, do have to sit, so great. I mean, sometimes you know we all have to sit from time to time. When you do sit, try to take as many breaks as possible. And and there are certain ways to help yourself do that. You know, you can set your watch to beep every thirty minutes. You can actually download some free software that will pop up every 20 minutes and remind you to take a break away from your computer. Um, or you can just drink a lot of water that's going to make you pee every 40 minutes or so. <laughs> that, like that's it's my, one of mine,
1: yeah. Well, I'm yeah, going to get a monster it, truck. It so a doesn't monster have to truck be rocket truck.
3: science. You just need to try and sit less. When you do have to sit, try to break up those prolonged periods of sitting. Right.
0: I actually I'm took a- just a quick uh, uh, anecdote there. Uh, when I have to go pee, I use the bathroom on the other side of the building, so it forces me to at least walk the halls a couple of times a day.
3: Yes, and that's an excellent idea. And I do that as well a lot. And also, I uh, in my office we have two or three printers we can access, so I try to whenever possible use the fire printer just to give me an excuse to walk another you know twenty five feet. It just it's not a big thing, but over time it adds up.
1: I don't think you could hear me because Skype won't let us hear each other very well when we, we over talk. I'm going to buy a monster truck because if I understand right, monster truck drivers actually stand. So <laughs> on my commute each day, not only will I get to run over puny cars, <laughs> I'll very also fair. be healthier.
2: Don't Plus, climbing into doctor. That, the Atlanta traffic.
0: <laughs> Plus climbing into that thing is a lot of exercise. There you so, go. There
2: no, did you have a question? Well, I was just going to comment. Travis said something that I thought was interesting because we've discussed on this show before that I'm um, quick word, I'm cheap. And uh, I think it's really cool. And I think one of the things that attracted me to Standing Desk uh, was the fact that I could try it just by grabbing a stack of books and putting my computer monitor up on it and my keyboard. And I think that's actually pretty cool. I mean, if you have any any interest in this whatsoever, it does not take a lot to get started. And uh, I think Travis said that his desk itself is up on books, mine's up on cinder blocks. It's not hard. Yeah, there's cinder blocks are what? Four bucks at Home Depot? <laughs> yeah, no, they were in my basement whenever I bought the house.
1: <laughs> well, that's awfully expensive, though. I'm not going to go buy a house to get cinder blocks done.
3: Right.
2: So well, but I see you what you're saying. That's a good point. point. I will totally loan you four more. There's a bunch more down there.
3: Now, I will bring throw some, the caveat in there, just help. because I, I know that uh, some ergonomics people who are big into biomechanics uh, often make the point that do be careful when you're when you're adopting a standing desk, especially with laptops. Often, if the laptop's at the proper height for typing... It's not at the right height for your neck, so you strain a bit. So do be careful to to try and make sure you got an ergonomic setup, and also to to do take breaks from the standing, because um, standing for 24 hours straight is also not necessarily good for you. You know, you know, you can get varicose veins, it's hurting your back. So it's not about standing all the time, but just simply standing more and sitting less.
1: Yeah, I, I could actually do the opposite of what I said before. It might be even smarter is to have my regular mouse, keyboard, and monitor up. And then, if I want to sit, I just pop my laptop open. There might exactly. be even a better way Great. to do it. So, or yeah, if you've got a
2: laptop, uh, if you have a shelf above your desk, I've seen, I know a lot of cube dwellers. Whenever I actually worked in our local office in Atlanta, we had cubes that had shelves up top. And um, I've actually encouraged a couple of people to just go ahead and put their monitor up there. I think there are a couple of folks that work from the yeah. office like one or two days a week where I work, and they, they are brave enough to try that.
1: So. Well, my manager's are pretty, um, a pretty uh, um, what's the word? Tolerant. She, she's able. not a, no. She's not afraid to to try something. Progressive. If it seems like, it. yeah, progressive. Thank you, Mark. There you go. Uh, so I think if I told her, hey, this would be better for me, um, I think she'd be happy to, to, to let me try it. There's no reason not to. I mean, I mean, why why would they not? It's not like well, I'm
3: exactly. I'm and gonna know, wear so out you the have chair a left. And Safety person in your office too. You know, take a, a study or two, or take one of my blog posts and show them that that it looks like people who sit more are less healthy. Like you said, there's no reason not to stand more. So if you can get the health and safety person behind it. I know a lot of uh, organizations who focus on health, I think it was the people who work at the Denver Health Unit, actually six or seven of them, all started using standing desks and sort of use it as, a, as an opportunity to show people how they're adopting you know healthy work practices. So if you can get a real passionate person in the office, can really help it sort of uh, spread a bit.
1: We actually have an ergonomic specialist that travels around from, from campus to campus Um, that you can have, you can request to evaluate your desk and height and keyboard and mouse and monitor and all that. And we'll help you with that. So uh, i might and she's scheduled to come to my building fairly soon. So I might grab her and hit her up for that. Yeah, Um, that'd be great. So that, that's a great idea.
2: And something else that uh, Travis kind of touched on again, that, that, um, and Travis, I don't know how much expertise you have in, in this, the flip side of things, but uh, I've seen folks that just kind of write off standing desk and, um, you know, the sed- being sedentary as far as sitting as, you know, if you're standing all day, it's just as damaging to your body and you can do just as much harm and, you know, wear out your joints or whatever, um, which I, I think, um, like you were saying, there's there's a whole lot more general health benefits that would much, much more likely, in my mind, outweigh, you know, varicose veins. Uh, but yeah. do you have any any official, <laughs> any of anything official or anything that you found in your studies
3: about, about the comparison between the two? No. I, know, the but the I mean, neck. when you talk to people who do spend their days on their feet, you know, uh, cashiers, dentists, people like that, you hear sort of the same things over and over. It's the varicose vein, just the, it's the, the lower back pain. And, and so I think it's just sort of, you know, having common sense about it. I mean, my wife's a teacher. She's always making fun of me because she's on her feet all day. The last thing she wants to do when she gets home is work at a standing desk. She just wants to sit down and relax. and And that's, that's fine, that's understandable for people who are on their feet all day. But right. I think for those of us who have to sit all day, it it really would be beneficial to at least have the option to stand when we when we would like to. And then and then sit when we would like to. It, yeah, it I think really you know that, that sort of healthy balance between the two would really go a long way.
1: You know, the, the tread pewter idea, you know, the, the treadmill computer desk yeah. is a great thing for me. I, I think I would actually maybe I'm wrong, but I think I would actually like that. As well or better if I could get used to it, because just standing still, you know, feet planted can be a little tiring. But if I can move, you know, the the shifting my weight foot to foot and moving my legs forward and back, that seems like it would be a little less stress on my back and
3: things like that. So, yeah, um, and I've never tried them personally. I've heard conflicting things. Some people love them, and some people I know. I was talking to a woman recently who said that her husband bought it, used it for three months, and now it's just a really expensive coat rack. So I've heard conflicting things but i also find if you're just using a standing desk even you can set things up in a way that you can move you know you could have a little stool in front of you uh to to rest your feet on um so so there are ways around that but i think you're right that that this the the treadmill desk might be a good option for people or uh, a bike desk i find i often do my my best thinking when i'm riding a bike just you know reading a book, reading a paper, and, and jotting notes, and and like I said, I work at a pedal desk at, at work most of the time now. So it's okay. uh, it's just sort of finding the one that fits best in, your, best in your lifestyle. Great.
0: Travis, were you an active person before you began to study? Was that why you decided to do this as your PhD uh, work, or was it just a passing interest that made you a more active person as you learned?
3: Um. So, I mean, I was always physically active, like I said. You know, I, I played hockey all growing up. I was a, you know, varsity athlete in university. So, I mean, I've always been physically active, but I, I, I've been very sedentary at the same time. And so when I wanted to do a, a PhD, I've always studied exercise and the health benefits of exercise. And my, my supervisor told me about this, this new stuff that's coming out about the importance of sitting. And it it really sort of seemed intuitive to me. I mean, we, we sit about 60% of the day, North Americans. So So it's a behavior we do a lot of. And we've completely ignored it for the past 60 years. You know, we focused exclusively on physical activity, which for most people is, you know, 5 or 6% of the day at most. And and so the, the fact that this big chunk of 60% of our day could have a health impact sort of makes sense. And, uh, and I just like the fact that it's sort of a, a, a bit different from traditional stuff. But it, it certainly had an impact on the way I, I work. I mean, I now, you know, I have the standing desk, I have the pedal desk at work. Because I was reading all these papers every day, about how bad sitting is for you, and I was doing it while sitting all the time. Uh, <laughs> so it certainly had a, had a big impact on on the way I structured my work day. Well, I'm the pedal
1: desk really is a is a neat idea because then it takes out the whole having a stand or sit or two different you know two different arrangements at my desk or anything like that. If I can just put my feet up on the pedal and start pedaling. That's, that's fantastic.
0: Well, I will say that while we've been having this discussion, I just went to Amazon.com and bought a little tread by a pedal to put under my desk at work. So,
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see see how, uh, how you like it. Oh, I expect to fully hate it,
0: but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and well, Travis, just remember, you don't have to be going hard. It's like a treadmill desk. But, you know, A lot of the time, if people saw me pedaling on this thing, they would not think I was doing physical activity because I'm, I'm really not. It's just enough to to just keep those muscles engaged. So they're not just sitting there completely floppy. That's all you need. So, so, you know, if you're breaking a sweat, if you're out of breath, then, <laughs> then you're going to be annoying your colleagues, but you're also probably going harder than you necessarily need to. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Don, Mark, do you have any more questions for Travis?
0: Uh, I think I burned them all up.
1: All right. Travis, do you have anything you want to share with our, with our audience before we wrap it up? I really appreciate your time. Do you have anything, any final comments or do you think you covered what,
3: what, uh, well, just a, to let people know. Um, in addition to my blog, if anyone's interested, uh, we now have a an actual organization called the Sedentary Behavior Research Network, and that's oh, to bring okay. together you know psychologists, physiologists like myself, anyone who is interested in the impact of sedentary behavior, um, so things like video games, computers, just sitting in general. Um, and so it's membership is free. We're we're you know trying to, to get as many different types of researchers, healthcare practitioners, and and members of the public engaged as we can. So if, if you just go to sedentarybehavior.org, we've got links to lots of studies in sedentary behavior, a, a database of research, um, and we're putting up more stuff every week. So uh, so sedentarybehavior.org is something that I would suggest people go to, and, uh, and you can see a link there to, to join up, and then, uh, then you'll be a, a part of the growing movement. Now,
0: is awesome. that well, behavior with the funny British spelling with the U?
3: Uh, we actually covered our bases, so you can type it in with the U, the, the proper <laughs> Canadian and international way, or uh, the the American way without a U. And either way, it'll bring you to the same site.
1: All right. The American way, I have to admit, I think everyone does is more efficient.
3: <laughs> it, it, and, and being in Canada gets very confusing because we we Canadians go back and forth all the time, and so it gets right. very complicated. Depending on the, you know, you it's not even consistent within a, a paper. So uh, so <laughs> yeah, so we're good with either.
1: Yeah, they ought to have it built into spell check really where it should pop up and just say, Where are you? whenever it gets to that kind of word. <laughs> Geolocated. You, just, you know, Georgia, you click and then it takes the U out. You know, if it says Ottawa, it puts the U in, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. So well I to think really appreciate If, you, if you say Georgia, it would put an apostrophe in there somewhere too. You might not want to choose that one.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, or could put some Cyrillic letters if it's Georgia, Russia, you know. But uh oh, there you go. So, I uh, I hope you um wish you the best on your uh, dissertation and I hope to have you back on the show and have Dr. Travis Sanders, Saunders, excuse me, on here, uh, you know, recent PhD uh, with his research done, and get to hear all the exciting results from your study.
3: So that that would be wonderful. Thanks so much for for having me, guys. I really enjoyed this chat. Thank you very much. Y'all
1: have a great day. All right, that was great. I mean, I knew it was bad for you. I mean, we all know that sitting around your duff is bad for you, but. The, I think the common misconception is, and I think he busted the myth. Jamie and Adam, will be proud of him. He busted the myth that, you know, go run three times a week and it offsets sitting on your desk. And it apparently does not completely. I mean, it you guys it.
2: thought I was crazy. I Everybody thinks that. I'm crazy.
1: Well, I'll say this, Don. Just because you're right about the standing desk doesn't mean you're not crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I am crazy. There's no doubt about that. And all, I said it but... at work
1: all the time. I say, such and such, such, such or am I crazy? And then I stop and say, okay, hold on. Those two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> just because you're paranoid doesn't mean there isn't somebody out to get you.
1: Exactly. Right. So uh eighty percent they say, they being lots of different people, eighty percent they say of uh, getting healthy if you're, you know, significantly overweight is your diet, not just your activity level or sedentary sedentary level. And so for the year twenty twelve, we have Ditch the Eat Less Exercise More Tip and we are bringing in the recipe of the week tip. And this week it's brought to you by Don R., courtesy of Weight Watcher. So Don, hit us with some Pollo de Spinacho.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say this one is not brought to us by Aaron because Aaron Aaron's not gonna be trying this one anytime soon unless he just yeah. feels like recycling in EpiPen. Side order of Benadryl, please. <laughs> exactly. This is the chicken and spinach lasagna that my wife have art my wife my wife have my wife and I have already had a couple of times, uh, and it's it's just so good. Uh, it makes a large lasagna, so this is actually one to have if you've got friends coming over, or if you got a big family, or if you're just one of those folks that wants to have something delicious and then take it to lunch with you for the next couple of days. And uh, it's, it's a real lasagna. Uh, I mean, it's it's good and saucy and meaty. And uh, I've found out recently I'm a big spinach fan, but it's not real heavy on the spinach. It's got good flavor to it, but it's not like, oh, I'm eating a bunch of string spinach or whatever. I know people are concerned about that sometimes. That was my attitude back way well, back when. It's,
1: it's got great reviews on the website, man.
0: If
2: I could eat oh, it, it I would. It says, it's here, really
0: it says here it's eleven points. I'm not in the points ecosystem. What is that? Calories per serving, roughly?
2: Um, they just changed the whole Weight Watchers formula uh, uh, right here a couple of weeks ago. As a matter of fact, let's just say uh, a big part of it is your weight. Uh, you get a point for every ten pounds. So, like, I get, I got twenty eight points out of the gate, uh, and then you, I. You get, um, gosh, I don't even know because I don't go to the meetings. Abby goes to the meetings. But let's just say I get 52 points total. So there's plenty more to tack on on top of that.
1: So you so get 52, 52 points, points a day
2: effect. right now? Right. So, so have, this is not,
1: this is just even, not even a fifth of your daily.
2: Yeah, and then you get extra points for the week too in case you go over on a specific day or something like that. So, kind of yeah, like yeah, a it's, load of points. Yeah, I can I can easily now I'm I'm much larger than a lot of people, but um I can easily eat two pieces of this and be extremely full. I and mean, you get a very, very nice size portion, even if you're eating one piece, so And, and S- so still assuming, be well within your points.
0: Assuming a two thousand calorie diet, that means this is about two hundred calories per serving, which is not bad at all for lasagna.
2: Yeah. Somewhere oh. in there. Yeah, I think the uh cutting out the the burger, and there's you've got some low fat cheese and stuff in there, too. That definitely helps out a lot. Right.
1: Well, if somebody tries that, send us an email or go to the forums. We have started a forum thread at elementopi.com. All the forums are there, um, and I have got a recipe of the week forum going, and I'm going to be throwing a recipe in there every week. So if you need a, if, you, if chicken and spinach lasagna doesn't sound good to you, there's already a couple in there. There's a flounder one we put in last week, and just a general nods to Weight Watchers because they're they're so great, and I've already got a couple of recipes lined up. In fact, I had one this morning, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to come back in a couple of weeks and hear about it because it was so good. It was a breakfast recipe, so uh Ooh. it's, it's going to be awesome. Mark, what else could somebody find at elementop.com?
0: Well, you could find a whole bunch of other podcasts. Uh, you could also find, as you mentioned, forums for this show and for other shows, a way to communicate with other people like yourself with like interest, and uh, I would like to... uh direct you specifically to our newest podcast called The Periodic Table. If you're into um, crazy um, talk show kind of stuff, uh, you know. Um, morning maybe, show. Yeah, morning show, morning zoo kind of things. That That's the kind of show this is. We have a lot of fun with it every week. Um, it's brand new. There's only eight episodes. We've only been doing it a couple of months. Check it out. Uh, you don't even have to subscribe to anything. Just go to the website, click the thing on the left-hand side that says Periodic Table, and then click play.
1: That's all there I would is recommend go. this for maybe like sixteen and over.
0: Yeah, it's definitely PG thirteen. Um, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's not something you can't play in front of your kids, but you may have to answer some questions to your four year old <laughs> if if they're listening.
1: Yeah, I probably wouldn't play it for a four. But so, uh, gentlemen, I appreciate your time and thanks again to Mister Travis Saunders for coming on and sharing with us about that. I really am looking forward to hearing the the, the final info on that research, and um, I think with that, I'm just going to say you have any questions for mark don myself or travis saunders you can email me at double a r o n at one meal one workout that's the number one meal number one workout.com or just google that and uh, you can find us anywhere on there and send us some something that you need to know and we'll be glad to try to answer it or find an answer for you other than that remember before starting any diet or exercise program other than using a standing desk consult your health care provider Today.